All right, everybody, get out your umbrellas because I'm about to brainstorm. Welcome to the Ryan Smith Podcast, where we endeavor to think. And while we think, we throw some New Jersey in your face and use the word fucking. And if you give me a chance, and by a chance I mean, you know, any given 10-minute period, you will learn that that can be used as an adjective, a noun, and a verb. And I'm going to try to get it in there as an adverb. And even and even if, you know, it kills me, I'm going to make it a pronoun. I'm going to make fucks a pronoun. Like those fucks. And it's going to be what currently we call woke people. And white supremacists. And politicians. It's going to be he, she, them, and those fucks. God bless New Jersey. God bless America. Let's get this show started. Yeah? Yeah? Yeah, okay. What did I tell you about that makeup? Out of my face. Every day. Every day. Three, two, one, go. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. I am Ryan Smith, and I would like to advise everyone to get your umbrellas out. <clears throat> we ready? Good, because I am about to brainstorm. Welcome to the Ryan Smith Podcast. It is Monday, February the 21st, 2022. Happy President's Day. This is a day that we celebrate all of our great nation's um, past leaders, no matter what our opinion. I believe the first 25 of them saw over the genocide of 56 million Native Americans. And since then, we've had some of them getting blown in the Oval Office, some of them uh, banging Mon- Marilyn Monroe. Anyway, guys, I'm just getting this on the headset. We, we, we you, you did what? You know she's dead, right? Oh, oh, okay. As apparently Marilyn Monroe has done an eight ball of cocaine and come back to life to sing for my father's 71st birthday. And she still looks 15 pounds overweight. And she still looks, she's, looks like she's eaten a bottle of Valium. Let's fat shame her. No, let's let her sing first. I want to see what these guys do. This is back when they men would uh, celebrate beating their wives and have their mistresses sing to them at their birthday party while they were the president. Speaking of sleazebags with a big head, well, big hole in Well, big hole in his head where the skull used to be. But great head of hair. Even with the blood and guts. I, I gotta say, that guy had a fucking great head of hair. Alright guys, it looks like they're trying to summon Miss Monroe out. Mr. President, Marilyn Monroe. Did that really just happen? They called her up to the stage twice. There has been no one female who meant so much, who has done more. <laughs> I gotta pause it. I gotta. Oh, oh my god. <laughs> hey, feminists. Your, your uh, lady hero was so fucked up on quaaludes that they had to call her to the, to the podium twice. And then the guy. The, the guy said, perhaps there's never been. 
any one female who's done more for the women in this <laughs> I think she might have he might have said she's there's never been a woman that's done more men than any woman in this country alright let's see how this, how this ends I've never actually seen it for some reason I thought she was singing on the bed the fuck are all these people who pays their mistress to sing to them fucked up on quaaludes at, with, at the presidential birthday party who wants to bet she forgets just the words? Holy shit. What is this lady on? The late Marilyn Monroe. The late Marilyn Monroe? What is that, foreshadowing? Is this real? Dad, you're gonna have to fill me in on this. I just wanted to get you a hot chick. So I get you a chubby blonde fucked up on Valium. No, no, don't, don't suck that microphone. No, 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 Put, sing, you sing into it. Come on, lady. Don't embarrass them. They're gonna start bitching about inequality soon. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Mr. President, happy birthday to you. Doesn't look like she knows the songs of it. Mr. President, for all the things you've done, the battles that you've won, the way you deal with U.S. And our problems by the tongue. We thank you. The battles that he's the one, the way he deals with U.S. Steel, and our problems by the tongue. A couple comments to make. That was considered a very inappropriate and very notorious song. That was about as inappropriate as my grandmother singing at church. She definitely weighs about 15 pounds more than a model should weigh. By the way, I am for fat shaming because it's driving healthcare costs up when we keep telling people it's okay to be fat. Guys, you're going to die. Did you ever see an old 400-pound man? How about an old 400-pound woman? No? I didn't think so. How about an old uh, junky actress that is clearly on copious amounts of narcotics in this video. You know, I have a very, very hard time understanding why these are the days people yearn for. DiMaggio, I have banged at least 15 girls hotter than her in Denver. In Denver. But you kind of look like a horse, so. Anyway, back to my dad. Um, you know, I'm, I'm going down the line with LBJ next. He used to shit with the door open to make his staff watch him. And Nixon probably pretty soon after that. I've, many times. I know he started the DEA. Ended, was he had the silver standard or the gold? Which one did he uh, do that made no sense? And now we spend uh, paper that people use to put cocaine up their nose. Um, now that I'm thinking of it, since 
Abraham Lincoln was the murderous, the most murderous president ever, even though no one ever knew that except me, because I researched it. He murdered 8 million Indians. Not himself. I mean, he had his lackeys do it, or look the other way while they did it, at least. Did you know he also bribed his way into office? He was also Jewish. Yeah. Yeah, Abraham Lincoln, no, Abraham Lincoln was Jewish. He got shot in the temple. Fuck. Anyway, I'm noticing a pattern of our presence. Correct me if I'm wrong, but it's it seems to me we just have a bunch of sleazebags thus far. I don't really have anything bad to say about. I think he'll probably go down in history. Well, if we weren't the only nation that was uh, so disgustingly racist, he would probably go down in history as one of the best presidents ever and he never even really got a chance to accomplish much as uh i remember me and my dad which by the way happy 71st birthday dad i love you i am going to make it my goal today to make sure you learn how to listen to podcasts this is not to say my dad is not good with technology because he has been I, he actually has one of the most high-powered computers in the uh, country. <laughs> I built him a computer and uh, when he was about to get a new one because I think he kept his computer for about eight years and he's on it every day. He's always kept up with technology. He's always, you know, he's actually taught me a couple of things. He taught me how to write code for uh, building websites. Well, that's not true. But, um, he is familiar that I write code for building websites. That's something. He knows what code is. He is most likely, if I had to guess at this hour, at the clubhouse finishing up 18 and having himself a well-deserved drink and lunch. And, uh, you know, don't I think that, uh, first of all, guys, just because I'm broadcasting from Denver does not mean my father's in Denver. He is on the East Coast. So it's almost lunchtime. I don't know if he's having to drink, but please don't think he would drink at 9 o'clock in the morning. All right. Anyway, today I think we are going to take a break. And uh, I know that I promise to hit hard every single day with, uh, you know, the, the daily issues and everything. But what about this? I'm going to say that fuck our daily issues. Our daily issues have become whatever they tell us they are. This last week, what I experienced was, let's put it this way, I knew that this was going to be an important show. What I did not know is that my first episode, I would be suspended for a month for offending the trans community, for saying they're a little odd. And I definitely didn't know that a month later I would have enough clout to say, did I say a little odd? I have no problems with you, but Jesus fucking Christ. Can you explain something to me, for Christ's sake? I know that you have a gene that requires you to have organs chopped off at some point in your life, but it's an odd gene, and I just would like to learn about it. That's all I'm saying. So, if that makes me a bad person, then, well... That's why I have a lawyer that says you can't do shit to me. 
Um, but I'm not a bad person. And I th- I'd like to thank John. I'd like to thank Lisa. And I'd like to thank Jennifer. Three members of the trans community who took my invitation to call me on my cell phone. And we all spoke for... And I gave them all one hour of my time. And they asked me questions. And I asked them questions. 30 minutes each. It was very organized. Every single phone call ended with them in tears thanking me. So when I say things like that, and then I follow it up with that true story, I don't know. I don't know. Some people that are inclined to, like myself, to think and have their own opinions and not be told what their opinions are because the blue or the red team says that that's what they are, they might be interested by that fact that the trans community had me suspended, that I just made a off-color remark, and that the three members that actually talked to me said that they considered me a friend and hoped to stay in touch with me for a long time. And I am really, really grateful that I have a platform that, you know, I'm sure they called me to scream at me when I think back to how these phone calls all started, but... I diffuse the situation very quickly, and I think you can hear in my voice when you speak to me, and I get this from my father, that even though I don't use it as often as I could, at any time I choose, I can turn into him and use all of the things that he has taught me. And I can very calmly talk my way through a situation, calm the other person down, and you will see the other thing that he taught me is you know, don't hate hating someone for their race creed color you know that's not a thing in my family um you know joke around and this and that and you know like I said this is an honest show it's probably the only one that's ever been made it's what I'm learning the more famous people that I encounter I'm gonna knock on you guys but you're all full of shit you know, I like, that's why I like what Ricky was on. And shame on all you people for giving him shit for that. When he says that him and his friends make fun of white people, and my friends make fun of black people. We said make fun. You guys didn't let us finish when we said, like, in front of each other, next to each other. Like, we're, we're you know, our generation, you know, Ricky's six years older than me, right? So... Yeah. Rick, does, does Ricky seem like a typical black man to you? Oh, oh. Let me look at the board. Hold on. The vote. Dad, I see there's a little voting board. I like to use the old school things because, see, my dad can appreciate this. Everyone thinks that they call it old school, that I have callers call in and interact, except it's as close as I can get to figuring out how to do that is having this this uh, voting board. It's called Choice. And uh, they say yes or no. Okay, Ricky, 87% of the first 10 that answers. Oh, no, I'm sorry. First 100. Yeah, how the hell could you have 87% of 10? First 100 answers. 87% say Ricky's not a typical black man. What the fuck is wrong with you people? What's a typical black man? See what I just did there? That's what you do to me all the time. I know what you mean, and he knows what you mean. 
And Ricky, I'm gonna stop using you. I got you in enough shit already. I guess I'm gonna stop using <laughs> using you for any more uh, race relations while you're trying to uh, accomplish a historic thing of acquiring uh, the first three NFL teams with uh, black ownership. By the way, um, Ricky is a brilliant mind. And uh, was the first person, and I want to thank him. I don't think I've ever said it like this. He's the first person that I, and I'm going to, I'm going to thank him on my podcast constantly because he does this consciously. I know it. He is so much smarter than everyone that he encounters. And he would probably not admit that. I don't know. Who knows? The thing is, I've never once correctly predicted anything that's come out of his mouth. He is the, he's so much smarter than everyone that he encounters that basically what he finally, after going through, you, you, you can watch it because I have, uh, you know, like you guys learned on my last, you know, on the last uh, show, Ricky made my uh, sports channel famous by one day randomly retweeting Run Ricky Run, the documentary on him, where I wrote the comment. If any of you think it's easy to have a camera in your face when you're going through depression for 35 days straight, every second of every day, and participate in that, when you didn't really want to, he wasn't doing that to show the world what depression was like. He was doing it because the world wanted to know where he is, and, you know, at that age, um... He just said, fine, here. If you saw him in this video, you would think it was filmed 10 years from now. 10 years in the future. After, he had a piece of food in his beard that he hadn't shaved in like a year. While well, he's walking around some random house in Pennsylvania. Um, and uh, the guy, you could tell how on edge the people filming him were. Ricky, would you be upset if I told you that you had something in your beard right now? And I, I can't remember if he said yes or no, but whatever he said <laughs> made me, like, gulp. It's like, Jesus Christ, this guy is really hurting right now. And my comment said something like that. Like, like props to Ricky Williams for allowing this to be put on air. What a brave person, because I am certain that he is aware that no one will understand depression still after watching it. And they just will see a lazy guy that's sad and has no direction and they'll make judgment and like they forget that he's one of the, you know, that he's the all-time leading rusher. That he's uh, the number one, uh, what is it, the Pac-12? What do they call where Texas is now? Shit, I'm not good with college. He's the all-time leading rusher there. Um, Ricky's first three years in the NFL. And as you're gonna think, I'm you're gonna think I'm misquoting this. Ricky had one thousand carries in his first three years in the NFL, and that's when he took a break. Now uh, I'm sorry, guys. I I can't say for sure, but when you average twenty carries a game, and you play forty eight regular season games and make the playoffs in one of the seasons. And they're throwing screen passes to you. And using, I mean, because don't forget, Ricky also caught 30 passes, 40 passes a year. 
I mean, when you're being hit 30 times a game with the ball and then blocking, you might, I don't know, you might have a couple, you know, aches and pains. And uh, what Ricky did was say, I don't want to take narcotics. I don't want to be addicted to opioids because I have a feeling that they're going to cause it. There's going to be a uh, epidemic of opioid abuse because I've taken these things and it's uh, it's a real fucking drug. And he's on, on camera saying this in the 90s. And he goes and smokes weed. Some of the quotes you guys heard. What a disgusting human being. He doesn't deserve the right to draw air. That was said by an ESPN commentator who is still employed there. I won't name his name because I don't believe in digging back into the annals of history to, uh, you know, get people in trouble. But I don't know. Today's culture might be considered a little harsh to say someone should be killed for smoking pot. Um... It's not exactly what he said, but he said that he's such dis- he's a disgrace to humanity, is what he said. I mean, come on, he walked away from football, and I I gave Ricky props on that video, and Ricky said, "Thank you so much, man. That means so much to me." And I'm I, and it says Rick the Lauderate, the Lauderate. I still haven't asked him about that about, about what that means. Um. But. You know, that was what his name, and I thought it was a joke. And then I learned about that verified logo, which meant that like, his account had to be verified by Twitter because he's a public figure. And my channel the next day had 3,200 viewers. And it would and it got up at its height at around 5,000. I've lost, uh, by the way, guys, I've lost all but 74 of my original viewers in the last week. You know, it was a sports channel. And I was like, I was thinking to myself, you know, I can't believe these people are still listening to me since I'm putting out this content. And then I saw the views, the uh, subscriptions go up. I'm looking that I can read the up and down. And every day I was gaining like 100 subscribers and losing 100 subscribers. So the numbers, so now it's going to start going up. I have 2,332 new subscribers. Hey, sports people, by the way, if any of you are out there, what the hell? I had Ricky Williams on. I mean, I know I talked about the Indian genocide and, um, you know, things like that, but and trans uh, people, but that might not be what people that watch sports documentaries are looking to talk about, but I don't see why not. You're certainly putting yourself in a box, which I know Ricky and I can't uh, say about ourselves. I don't like when people try to put me in a box because it takes forever until they give up. Anyway... Back to my father. Um, my father wasn't the only one that was really involved in my original um, channel. He subscribed to it. He uh, he definitely supported everything I did my whole life, and uh, you know he's uh, finishing his round of golf now, and he might be fighting a fire later tonight because he's also a volunteer firefighter. And when he does something, he takes it seriously. I, when he visited me, um, actually he was the, he was my my father was the last person to see me, uh, in person, depressed, and I felt so. And so this is how depression works. 
you don't care about anything. But I remember the morning he left, I looked up and caught a glance when he didn't know I was looking. And I could see this pain in his eyes. He was watching me. He didn't know what to do. I think for the first time ever. This is, and this is something he's been, you know, watching me deal with for 20 years. Off and on. Um, the first time ever he realized what it was. Right? So, <clears throat> I think what upset him was he spent every second of every day with me. He tried so hard to get me to be productive and I, and I would get on a roll sometimes. And when I say on a roll, I mean I would begin to do a task and not complete it. Like I would have enough energy to say I'm going to try to begin this. And that's about it. I, just, I was just done. Like it, it wasn't just depression. It was the post-concussion syndrome. I, you know, they define it as an inability to have a, um, any type of motivation. And he had to watch all that. He came out to help me. And I knew I was happy that he was going to come out because I'm so stubborn that I'm going to try to put on a show like I'm okay. And I don't remember. I think I did an okay job. I just couldn't fake that I'm going to do anything because... That's when it really hits you hard. You know, when you have depression, and I think at the time I was preparing for a workman's comp lawsuit, I was calling doctors to get records to be filed. They're doing some of the most tedious, boring tasks in the world. Not only are they tedious and boring, the system is set up to make them almost impossible. And there's frustration. He had to see me notice that the doctor wrote my prescription for one and a half tablets a day for 30 days. 30 tablets and they put me on this medicine that I needed to take because they put me on it I no longer take it because that magical day where I get brought to aspirin get injected with psilocybin and have been a you know have since hired a manager for my food company and uh, instead of making $1,800 a week, I'm happy with making 800 and challenging him to let it grow. And I will put my foot up his ass and grow it for him if I have to in a couple weeks because he's, you know, he was expected to do big things with that big opportunity. But I've also started this podcast. I've started my restaurant podcast and I've done restaurant consulting. Two months ago, my father watched me get out of bed like a 75-year-old man and walk him to the, uh, we're going to walk to Union Station near my house in Denver. It's about a half mile. I asked him if it would be okay if we could take a car. Couldn't walk a half mile. I just couldn't. <laughs> I was, and like when he left, and um, we, there was some, there's still, it's, to this day, there's a problem in the building I live in. It says I owe $9,000 in rent because I paid ahead. I have, he didn't know it at the time. He just knew I was paying my rent like months ahead of time because my memory was really bad. And I wouldn't put it past myself to just forget that I hadn't paid rent in three months. Like, I, I didn't know. I, it was, it's just so terrifying when you can't remember anything and you're depressed. But uh, anyway... <clears throat> um, you know, my I I guess no one's ever done that before, mm -hmm. so you know, just like uh, 
you're not supposed to, um, you know, financially speaking, if you're leasing a car, you don't pay your lease payments ahead of time just because you can. Because if you pull out of a lot one day and get your car crashed, your insurance will pay off the remainder of your lease and that's it. They will not reimburse you for the three months that you've paid that you that were not due. That was your stupid fault. And when, you know, you're renting an apartment, it's the same thing. If I die, you know, they owe my corpse three months of rent, but they won't give it to me. I guess it's harder to pay a corpse. I'm going to check that. I wonder if you can leave overpaid rent in a will. I'm guessing you can't because they never told you you had to pay. Anyway, my dad had uh, hooked his bank account up to my computer and wrote, done like a check by computer and because I, I had all this cash and they wouldn't take the payment <clears throat> for some reason. And I remember, you know, I told him we're going to get that done. And I could tell, you know, in his eyes, he was like, uh, I'm going to have to call him and help him do this when I get home because it's, it's not fair to ask him to do that. And uh, he called me at the airport and I could tell his voice. He's like, hey, I just got a confirmation. I got the payment from you. Like he was in shock because I look, I'm, and, I, and I tell him, I was like, fuck, I must have really looked bad. Hey, guys, what I had to do is I had to take money, right? Go to the customer service counter at a grocery store, put it onto a card, take my Cash App or my Venmo, and send it to them. I looked that bad that it impressed him that I did that. And that's the day that I started to, uh, you know, make a couple calls. And uh, I called Johnny. You guys know the story. I told the story on my first episode. Um... And I ended up, uh, <clears throat> I ended up getting the uh, treatment that changed my life. And now here I am on four ventures at once, uh, making money. I'm getting sponsorship. I'm getting attention from celebrities. I'm getting attention. And, uh, you know, my goal, and I'm going to stay again, is to not be a celebrity. So that's why uh, I'm sorry for the various requests I've turned down. It's nothing personal, guys. Like, um, I, I don't really want to be a celebrity. Um, I don't want to be the next Bill Maher, although I could. It's, at this point in my life, I would like to just, you know, take the few months that I have and take them one day at a time and, you know, get to uh, get a feel on the microphone and see if I like this, see if I'm capable of doing it every day. And see what kind of response I get, and see if I'm capable of keeping my mouth shut when you people come back at me like you do every day. And most of all, see if it makes me happy, because I'm not going to work for one day in my life, for the rest of my life, doing anything that does not make me happy. Do not take that as advice. You can certainly make it a goal, all right? But, guys... I have gone back and forth and, you know, a lot of pain and sweat, blood, tears to get to the point where I have that as an option, and I'm about to be 40. So, kids out of college, my, you know, my bullseye club, the woke people, uh, yeah, today, what am I going to say about it? You guys probably think that you're des you deserve to not do something that doesn't make you happy every single day of your life as a job. 
Well, sorry to tell you guys. There's not even jobs that are going to be left pretty soon. So you better get to coding <laughs> and learning computers. And it's not fun. But you're going to have to do something if you intend to uh, eat or not have your parents subsidize your life. Which, by the way, they're not going to be able to do because there's no more money. There's no more pensions. My father's 71 today. He's the last of the people with the pensions. You know, I think if you were not born in the 50s, if you were born in... No, no, that's not true. What am I talking about? If you were born after 1975, chances are that you're either amongst the last people to be have a job with a pension, you do not have a pension, or you are a soldier. And I'm not even sure if they have pensions. I, I, would, I hope so. But uh, it sickens me to say this, but I only think they have pensions because so many of them don't make it to the age of retirement because of the fucked up shit that they have to go through. And it was always fucked up. My uncle has uh, has uh, PTSD. But the thing is, is that um, he fought in Vietnam. Today, people are getting PTSD for fighting in a goddamn war that they don't even know the purpose of. I mean, that does that doesn't really sound fair, <laughs> to be honest. Like, you know, and by the way, they're glad to fight. They don't complain. They're proud, and not in a bad way. But I mean, you know, I'm sure that they, uh, guys, excuse me, I'm going to fill my cat's water bowl. And uh, I got on the head mic, so I've learned that this picks up everything. So, um, I just uh, feel bad for the, you know, young men and women that serve today because, you know, I have, uh, you know, my, my father's wife, uh, her uh, son, my stepbrother uh, is, uh, I think he's a full bird now, or he's a lieutenant colonel at least, um, in the Marines. Um, to me, it appears like he, this is one of two things. He is two or three days away, or two or three years away from retirement, where he's being groomed to be a general. You know, Ivy League educated, he's, you know, nearing when I'm 39 so 22 he's getting close to 20 years in <laughs> so if he signs that dotted line again guess what he is on his way to be a general you know I think I bet my dad that last time it's here it was a, it was a silly bet to make because um, you know this guy's deployed all over the world I don't ever get to see or talk to him. And I'm betting on that. And my dad does because his mother lives with him. And uh, I'm getting, I'm betting him on what he's going to do. Is he going to sign up for 20 or not? And, you know, my simple logic was he's a Marine. You ever meet a fucking Marine? They are so damn dedicated. Um, and they... You know, people say, people have some, I, mean, I was involved in the military as far as I got a scholarship at RTC, and then didn't show up to the boot camp I was required to go to in order to uh, be the Air National Guard, 
that would have cut, I think, one year off of the service I owed. For me, it was all financial, though. Almost a million dollars selling drugs in college. So, before you be all you can be, why don't you smoke all you can smoke and see what others would like to buy from you? Give it a try. <laughs> oh, wait, you can't. It's legal now. I'd imagine it's not very profitable. Well, oh well, that sucks for you. But anyway, since it's family day, I figured I'd mention everybody. I, um, now I'm gonna mention, so I've mentioned. Mary Alice Smith, my dad's lovely wife. I've mentioned Ed Smith, the patriarch of our family, my role model. I've mentioned uh, her son, Jerome. Uh, she has a daughter, Jennifer, who all the time I ever spent with her was a blast. Um, I know that I've talked about my mother before, um, and I've talked about my father before, never to this extent. But uh, I'm going to talk, I mentioned that her husband's name is uh, Tom, and her name is Nancy, and they live in Florida. And uh, they live in a city full of swingers. So because they are swingers, I'm just kidding. As far as I know, they're not swingers. And I would be shocked if I were to find that out. I wouldn't be mad. I, I, I don't think... I, just, I would just prefer not to think about that. <laughs> but um, there's all this uh, like press. They always, every, you know what it's like when people... I never heard of this place when they moved there. Where are you, where are you guys moving? We're moving to the villages. And I know you're listening right now. I know, I know what you're thinking. Shut up. I hear it every time. And it amazes me. Like, I would be in my restaurant. Where, where does your mom live? So in the villages. Oh, you know they have the highest STD rate in the country? First of all, it's not true. <laughs> it's certainly higher than it should be considering it's a retirement community and not like a retire. You know, I hear there's a big STD problem in nursing homes. But when people are mentally ill and, um, you know, have nothing to do all day, and, I mean, I'm surprised they're physically able, but hey, whatever. I think these things, I, I, I think if you were to report them a little closer, you would find that they, these are like anomalies and uh, they're taking one or two incidents and assuming it's the whole. But what the fuck do I know? Good for them if, if they're, uh, you know, doing the horizontal mambo at age 96 with this bunch of strangers. All I know, it better not have been my grandmother because I would kick that guy's ass when behalf of my grandfather I don't care how old he is he would have uh, not left that nursing home that day sorry that's probably a weird thing to say but anyway let's maybe cut that part <laughs> we'll see ask me after the episode <laughs> I don't know if I want to be on record saying I'm gonna beat to death a 90-year-old for having sex with my grandmother on my dad's birthday, considering that's his mom. Uh, actually, I just made up my mind. Cut it. <laughs> all right, so before I wrap it up here, guys, gonna, as you guys all know, I have a very, very, very acute sense of how to stay on topic. I mean, somehow... Singing Happy Birthday to My Dad with Marilyn Monroe 
Schedule in a half hour rant about how the pres- the pre- presidents kill Indians, and you're welcome for that. So, let me come tie this back around. All right, I'm from New Jersey. Um, hear me, uh, hear me talk about the, um, you know, the problems that divorce costs or may cost or may not cost. But, uh, Tell you something about the road I grew up on. Me and my brother were the best behaved kids on that road. We were kept on a very short leash. To this day, we're the most respectful. I mean, never really understood <laughs> why that was so hard. Hey, hey, I mean, like I say, since you're my uh, crowd woke people, yes, sir, yes, ma'am. When you meet your friend's parents, Mr. So and So, Ms. So and So, oh, call me John. No, fucker, I just called you Mr. So-and-so. Didn't you hear? I mean, maybe, maybe you don't say that. But, you know, I, uh, to this day, will call my friends' parents Mr. and Mrs. You know, there's obviously exceptions, but... Let me tell you something. There's 34 countries. Elders in other countries are their biggest sense of pride. This is who they go to for all of the answers for all of life's questions. It makes sense, doesn't it? As I give this podcast right now, I've negotiated a contract. I see that, guys, I hate to tell you this, and believe me, just because I'm going to tell you how, you're not as charismatic as me, and you did not build websites that uh, mimic this 10 years before they were invented. So they don't really want to shut you up as much as they want to shut me up, and I'm already getting very close to the limit where they kick me off. If I say the word, stop. Uh, stole the show from me. <clears throat> I just said Stonehenge is free. I didn't say stole the show from me. Um, you know, with age comes wisdom. And I noticed that uh, you get a uh, total of Five was it one thousand views? You get a hundred bucks. You get fifty thousand views. You get five hundred bucks every day. So fifty thousand views a day. You get five hundred bucks a day. I'm now on eleven, <laughs> um, and getting banned from YouTube for life actually is my next plan to uh, get to that mark. I think I'll be at fifty thousand views a day pretty soon. Um, you know, you never know what happens. But what I want to tell you is that there's a general rule, there's a little range on the internet between fifteen and twenty-five thousand dollars per one million cumulative hits on any website. So guys, you know how they give you if you get that fifty thousand mark, they give you five hundred bucks an episode. If you do five episodes a week, ten thousand views each, you know, they get paid the same as you get paid for doing it in one episode. So they've tricked you right there, that's a big one. You want to know what else? If you get 50,000 views, you know what the uh, percent chance that you don't get a million is? 11. So you guys are taking the same money for 50,000 and 999,000. My contract gets uh, 500 for every single 50,000 views. I don't mean to brag. And uh, I got to chit-chat with uh, the uh, CEO of uh, Anchor here, Mike. He says I was actually a talk of the company. Do you know why they 
see, I thought I just failed because smartphones weren't invented. And you see, what they don't know is that they you know they, they were assuming I had more money. I didn't, so I would have been fucked anyway. But um, they didn't want me in the crowd of uh, Silicon Valley because my uh, channel I made that was like YouTube, the top ten percent, they put on a show. You know, whatever they vote, were voted. You know, you guys rank shows, likes, thumbs up. You always ask for it, hearts, whatever the fuck you do now. Um, people that got the most hearts, highest ratings. I don't think I ever, ever had it in my head to let you idiots vote. But I was going to let the executives of my company vote. And uh, I think viewership alone, the numbers, um, I don't know what the hearts are all about, to be honest. But anyway, I mean, who the hell's watching videos they don't like? Oh, yeah, my viewers. You guys definitely don't like me. Um, doesn't that piss you off? <laughs> and I'm getting 10 times as much money as you. Um, so, look, I, I'm not telling you that story to brag. I'm telling you that from age 26 to age 39, I walked around every time I saw that YouTube logo and I wanted to cry. And I would go home and look at Wayback Machine. Let's see how they, they still use my homepage. Come on. No, find me. No, find me. It's for my dad's birthday. And he's my dad. And he's going to see that. I'm going to learn something. How much? Jesus Christ. I got a fucking Bermuda for a week for that much. Whatever. You know, did I say CEO is having a chat with him? He's a nice guy. He's a fucking asshole. <laughs> Freedom of speech. Or another fine one or the other. Dad, your birthday episode is going to cost me. Um, hey, manager, can you please stop making my fines exceed my paychecks? This is not going to work. You see what just happened there? As I was trying to tell him how I got wiser. When my dad coached me in basketball. This is what I used to do. God damn it. All right, listen, the point is, I'd see this YouTube thing, I'd be like, man, you know, if I just didn't, I, I, I just, you know, everything I touched turned to gold. And uh, until I got this uh, miracle cure for my brain, it, you know, everything that I touched turned, except the restaurant, because that's, uh, I think, my true passion in life. Um, it wasn't like that. Like, I came up with these ideas, I just didn't, they, they weren't working. And then I started seeing it wasn't that they weren't working. Everything was too early. That idea was not too early. I knew the smartphone was coming. It was planned around it. And the uh, real estate market crashed. There was a lot of shit. You know, DEA comes down on me. Um, it was very hard to have your best friend die, to have a federal indictment, and, uh, you know, also, uh, you know, have the market crash where all your money is held. And make a site that would today be called the most viewed site in the history of the internet. But I'm proud, I can say now. Because number one, they still haven't figured out the homepage better than mine. Number two, I got kicked off of there. Made the lady who kicked me off quit by putting her phone number on. And wait till you see what I have in store for tomorrow. Kent Walker, shout out. I love you. CLO of YouTube. CEO of eBay before that. And installed number two in my apartment bathroom. It says that he gives the best, what does it say? Rib job. $31. I don't even know what that means. Kent, 
You're a dirty, dirty dog. You, you, you sure you're not the S-L-U-T? Instead of the C-L-O? Whatever. Um, guys, my father, uh, I guess this is all a lot of fathers do, put up a lot with a lot of shit from me. And maybe not so much directly, but I'd imagine that to raise someone as intelligent as me and watch him become a uh, world-renowned drug trafficker and they kind of hold his college degree there to roll marijuana joints on, it had to be frustrating. I don't know if I ever told him this. Turning point of my life, and it wasn't, in, in you know, <laughs> when I say turning point, it was a five-year process, but one thing changed. Stop smoking pot. <laughs> Sorry. No, it didn't do anything good for me. I was really hoping it would. That would have been so much easier, but um, it's when I noticed how important his opinion was to me. My grandfather, his opinion was also so important to me that there was a period for four years that I couldn't see him. I couldn't look him in the eyes. It embarrassed me so much that I failed. As I get older, I hear people say things that are younger, like, I can't do this, my parents, guys, I highly doubt any of your parents are going to treat you any different no matter what you do. If uh, you fear that they look at you differently, ask them. I promise you that they will tell you something along the lines of, worst case, this isn't what I would have picked for you, but I want you to be happy, I want you to be careful, I want you to be safe. That's it. Don't miss any time with them. It's a very bad mistake. But my dad, I hope this doesn't get him in trouble. No, I won't get him in trouble. He'll just shoot someone with a fire hose. Um, he would pee in it. I, I had this case that, you know, they tried when the federal case went down and I got acquitted. They pulled me over in a U-Haul while I was moving. And I had a little bit of pot in the truck. And I had tons of Ziploc bags because, yeah, my kitchen set was in there. And they arrested me for possession with intent to distribute. There was like two grams of pot. Possession to, to uh, possession with intent to, to distribute to my mouth. Uh, and it was an expensive case. My dad, for many years of my life, held about between two hundred fifty and $500,000 cash in his closet for me. It wasn't many years. It was two or three. And then two or three years later, he's bailing me out of court so I don't go to jail I don't even know why I wasn't even really afraid of jail I just it was like he just did it he didn't ask my mom he, he just did it and after that case I, I got put on what they call probation before judgment two years I had to take drug tests and not get in trouble in any way shape or form and they'd wipe my record clean because even though I have been charged with 22 felonies and I've been charged with uh, what the judge said this is your traffic record well, for one, it's a little too uh, long to be calling it a, ch a sheet. That's for sure. Fuck him. He never did anything wrong. My dad's also the only one that witnessed that. But uh, he had peed a Gatorade bottle for me with clean pee. Because, you know, all I had to do was stop smoking pot. didn't do hard drugs. Pot's the only drug that's not really hard to stop at all. It's pretty easy. It might be a little... You know, did a bad mood, but I just smoked so much, and it was 
back then it was very medicinal for me. And I don't mean this to like to explain. If you look back, my dad will remember this. I was uh, working with the sports authority then. I was in this like mansion house that was renting out for almost nothing in Manalapan. Um, stopped smoking pot. I took a five year downturn, a deep depression. Me and Ricky Williams were just talking about this the other day. My dumbass didn't even realize that was it. But it didn't matter. I suffered because one day I put the bottle of Gatorade. He would pee enough because we'd see each other you know, once a month at least. And he'd pee enough for me to get drug tested every week. 32 ounce Gatorade bottle. He'd like, literally do that for me. Peeing it all week. You know, it's not really a, you know, I can't, I can't imagine that was a very uh, proud moment for him. Not because he's embarrassed me, just in general. Peeing in a Gatorade bottle while you live in a 3,500 square foot home. And you're, you know, well-respected, uh, you know, government official. <laughs> you know, um, I'm his son, but it didn't even come up that I know for a fact that he doesn't think you should cheat the fucking government when you just got off. You should probably just take your medicine, right? Well, I put this Gatorade bottle in like an idiot, and I didn't take the cap off. Well, I opened the, gate, the uh, microwave door. Within a half of a second, my dad's piss was burning my cheeks. That bottle exploded. And I had two and a half hours before I had to be at my drug test. Which was like right in the middle of uh, where he lived and I lived. It was like uh, Marlton or something. And I was in Manalip and he was in well, exit 2 or exit 3. So I had to go to exit 5. But this is New Jersey Turnpike, guys. You don't get it. Every 10 miles, I, I called him at 4.30. He didn't say a word. He just said, all right, start driving south. I'll start driving north. Right, this is what I wanted to do today, by the way, so thank you. And he hung up. I never smoked pot again. <laughs> I was so embarrassed. I don't know why I took that. I wasn't embarrassed of the cops. I wasn't embarrassed of the newspaper articles of what my family thought about me. Just what he thought about me in that moment because it was so clear that he was right. And he was also the only one that never really criticized me. I don't know if he remembers. I would ask him all the time, what, what should I do when I grow up? Ted, what, what, do, you, what do you wish I, I was? What, you know, what, I want to make you proud. As long as you're happy, I'm proud. And I never believed it. I get it now. I really do. You know, pretty much there's two types of people in this world, guys. There's a type of people like uh, my grandfather and my father. And then there are the type of... And by the way, I'm also one of those types. I'm just very complex. You can't really put me in a box like them. Yet. But uh, with this latest Native American deal, I have a feeling I'm going to find myself there very soon. I can feel it. I've only had my head cured for two months. He saw me two months ago. I couldn't even get out of bed. I couldn't walk. I couldn't like, talk correctly. I get spurts of happiness, spurts of sadness. It was awful. But uh, yeah, there's the people like... I put myself in their category because I'm still uh, on my journey to get to that level where I'm always like them. But what they, I think they know, is the reason I didn't go to jail with the other 25 people is because I sold pot. I sold, uh, you know, 
testosterone. Things I sold are legal today. I knew they were going to be legal back then, and I understood. No one would ever listen to me, but I understood that they were made legal. Like marijuana was made legal because the hemp plant was going to kill the cotton in the paper industry in the 1700s. They didn't even know it got you high. The hemp plant does not get you high. It was much later they found out that got you high. That's the only reason it was illegal. And uh, you remember they were going to give black people a cut of the industry since they were like 70% of the black people in jail were in there for marijuana possession. Yeah, they've almost let half of them out now in the uh, 10 years it's been legal. Yeah, that's right, I said half. Yeah, there's still, I think, 3 million incarcerated for something that's not illegal. And they put them on the front of the line to get their license for dispensary. But guess what? You can't get your license for dispensary with a felony. There's not one of those prisoners that Obama released that got a single advantage at all towards getting the dispensary. They got put in the front of the line so they could tell him very quickly, don't get your hopes up, pal. You have a felony. Get the fuck out of our face. My father worked in the government. He would not have done that. He would have quit. And he doesn't quit. He doesn't quit anything. So there's those. There's two types of people. There's people that do good unto others, and there's seven people that will do anything unto others as long as it's good for them in the short term. The minutia that separates, you know, the little particles you break them down into after that is irrelevant. I'm one of the most uh, hated criminals to never be arrested in the history of the state of New Jersey. I never stole from anybody. I never robbed anybody's home. I never attacked anybody. I never raped anybody. I never hurt anybody unless they were, I was defending myself or I was bored. <laughs> yeah, nothing more than like a little fist fight. Like I said, usually they touched me first or they looked at me crooked. Let's put it this way. I, I would never have been arrested for anything I did except sell pot. That's why when I stopped smoking, I came up to Colorado and ran that restaurant. I was like, uh, I'm a celebrity. I still am a celebrity in the city. I can't say I like it, <laughs> but uh, I kind of hate it, as a matter of fact. But uh, I enjoy the fact that what people love is that in that restaurant, I'm playing the character. Not really, it's me. It's just like I'm playing a character on the show and I curse and I make jokes. That is me, sometimes. But this show, here's what I'm going to tell you. The character I play on this show, I am far less that person than I am in the restaurant. When I walk through that restaurant, the whole time, and by the way, we were just awarded 30 year in a row, best Italian restaurant. And I had a note. We almost finished two because we were ranked so highly when I left <laughs> that we held it. Second quarter, or third quarter, and fourth quarter, we finished it in the uh, top 15. I don't want to brag, but they never won it before or since, and they never will again. You know why? The character I was playing in that restaurant was my father. And that's it. Happy birthday, Dad. I love you. This has been an R.X. Smith production. Good night, bitches.